Welcome to another edition of Cybersecurity Dispatch. This is your host, Andy Anderson. In this episode, Filtering the Noise, we talk with John Cassidy, CEO of startup cybersecurity firm King & Union, about the challenges facing security analysts today and how tools are emerging to improve their daily work. We also touch on the process of launching a new security company. And now, on to John. So, John, uh, just introduce yourself. John Cassidy, the uh, founder and CEO of King & Union. Okay. So, you know, we had a chance to talk for a while before this, uh, we hit the record button. So, you know, tell me a little bit about the sort of the product that you launched and kind of what it, where it's fitting in the market. Yeah, absolutely. So, King & Union, we actually came up with a platform that we've been building since 2016 called Avalon. So think of it as a collaborative cyber intelligence system, really focusing on the collaborative aspects of getting people together to work in one focused place on investigations and analysis of, of threats. Yeah, and so you're you're sitting in the for those who kind of don't know the space as well, the the security operations center, right? Like that's the that's your target market, right? Like analysts thinking about threats and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. And what's you know what's that process like for them now, and kind of where would you like? Kind of take yeah, it. I think there. I think a lot of people are drowning in data. I mean, we see it all the time. Where you know, there's been purchase threat intelligence feeds. There's been you know sims are spitting out alerts. There's alert queues with thousands of alerts going on, so they have to clear these alerts out. So what we're able to do is make their life better and speed up a lot of that manual workflow and automate a lot of the processes that are not not great for those guys, and it causes them to be worn out. And they actually end up burning out and end up leaving and going and trying it somewhere else. So we're trying to really help out the employers with that as well. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, this sort of attraction issue, right? Getting good quality employees, but also retaining them because the job is often just really stressful. It's... uh, and also, it's a it's a seller's market, right? If you're a security analyst, right, like you're you're probably getting like a dozen job offers a week or something. Right? Absolutely, and then you know, especially if you get into the, the government space and you have some security, uh, you know, clearances or classifications, it's very hard to retain that talent. Yeah, Absolutely. you're like a unicorn. Yeah, you got it. You got it. How do you guys, let's talk a little bit about kind of what makes your product different compared to like some of the other solutions that are out there. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we've been focusing on since we built the platform is, you know, having this, you know, 10 to 12 years of background and building information sharing systems is and watching ISACs and watching what they're doing. You know, we are not a data wrangler. Right, we're not you know just tons and tons of data feeds and the pain of actually just going out and buying data. We're actually making people the ability to come into a platform, collaborate, and we like to say leaning into the data. They can actually get into a collaborative workspace in a Google Docs environment and actually work together on a, on a problem in a focused area. Yeah, and I think obviously, so the venture's new, right? You guys are yeah. you're launching this summer, right? How do you think about kind of most of the places that you'll that you'll get plugged into already have a lot of existing technology and a lot of existing solutions? How do you think about from a strategic perspective as you build the product and also as you talk to customers, how you drop into that ecosystem? Yeah, so one, one thing that we've been conscious about during this whole you know process of building up the company is around the ability to easily integrate with you know, whether it's a large bank or a large healthcare organization or energy company that we, we've worked with in the past. 
is being able to easily get into their infrastructure into the workflow of the analysts. So if you do have a deployed you know, threat intelligence platform, if you do purchase certain data feeds today, we have the mechanisms with our open framework to be able to easily drop in and integrate with that. So the real play for us is giving these socks that are overwhelmed and these teams that can't hire the right people the ability to quickly get to a point of you know, going through this analysis process, giving them more insight and context and enrichment around a particular threat. And then if they so choose, they could actually reach out to peers within their vertical or their segment. Say an energy company could want to reach out to another energy company or a bank could actually form very quickly a small information sharing and collaboration group. They can stand it up in seconds and then tear it down if they wanted to. But it allows them very quick flexibility to, to work on a threat. You know, I'm curious... Partly the other hat that I wear. Um, how do you think about the architecture of doing that? Right. The, the, where do you actually put your data in a way that, hey, I'm a large bank, you're a large bank. Where are we putting it that we feel? I mean, this is some of our most critical, sensitive stuff. How, how are you architecting that? Well, well, one big thing that for us that's different is. You know, we don't want data that's internal to an organization. So it's a very clear differentiator. We're not like a SIM that's taking in log data. We're not examining emails. We're not looking at email content or DNS queries. We're literally think of us as a way that you can throw in pieces of information and we will spit you back facts that we know from all the data sets that we have in a very quick way, enabling you to make a faster, more informed decision. We're not going to tell you that, you know, this is the greatest threat. But we're going to give you context and enrichment about something that you're looking for that can cause you to be able to take action much faster. So you've got the, it's like essentially the, it's like read only essentially from your system down to to somebody. Like where is your stack actually sitting? Is it yeah, on so we, prem or? Yes, we've got it in, uh, you know, one of the leading cloud providers. Okay. Uh, so it's a SaaS based model. We are exploring moving into different cloud environments. Okay. And we've also been. You know, just, just curious, because yeah, right, I'm always yeah. where, where are you guys in AWS uh, or we're Azure? In, we're in US and we're using Google. Okay. Yep. And it's, it's worked out very well for us. We're very happy with, you know, we're security guys and the guys that are building the system are very happy with what yeah. they're doing. There are, I can't remember if Google Cloud FedRAM compliance yet or they're on their way. They just sort of announced that they're headed that way. Okay. So, you know, it's actually very, it's actually a, a timely thing for us. So some of the things that we're being asked to do, you know, from some of our backgrounds in federal government and defense department and intelligence community support that we did work on was being able to take our code base and make sure that it was in a FedRAM high cloud environment. Okay. So now that Google is sort of launching that effort, we're very comfortable for two years building our platform in Google. We're you know we're excited about that, but we're also looking at options in Amazon's cloud because it's been requested. And some of the other things we've been asked is actually to build a dedicated instance in private government cloud spaces. On-prem. Yeah. yeah. On premises, right? I can yes, define premises. stuff myself. Yeah, right. yeah I'm violating my own rules. Right. Let's talk a little bit about what the environment's been like for you because you're out fundraising, you're talking with VCs. Like, I think some of our listeners would love to hear what that experience has been like and what's been surprising. And I mean, I think that, you know, one of the most challenging aspects of that as a, you know, an entrepreneur has been, you know, you're trying to build up your platform, you're trying to build up your revenue base, but then you also are trying to fundraise at the same time. And it, it is like a full-time job doing the fundraising. So as many meetings as you have with customers, just multiply that times two. And, and, you, and it's, it's been very eye-opening to meet with different investor sets. And I've learned an incredible amount from each one of them. 
So every single meeting, you get feedback, whether it's positive or negative, and you're constantly refining the message. So it's exciting. And, you know, when the money comes in, it'll be even better. Yeah. And and I'm sure, you know, you're waiting for those checks and and it's sort of, it's stressful, right? But it's also, you know, make sure you get smart money because it's easy to get dumb money, but getting smart money is... Yeah. And that's things we've, I mean, we've been blessed by the current investors that have been, you know, with us from day one and they're, they're still behind our mission. And I think that the people that we have been talking to, you know, whether it's West Coast VCs and East Coast VCs, we've learned a lot from each of those meetings. So we've learned from talking to all these different people that there's there's different engagement levels from different VCs. And you know, do you want somebody that's going to be an active participant or do you want a silent participant with the company? And you know, I think it really depends on on who that firm is. Uh, you know, are they technically competent? Uh, have they done this successfully multiple times over the course of their career? Who have they invested in? Are they new investors? So many questions, you know, come to mind. But it's, uh, you know, it's a it's a fun process. We're enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. And how about building the team? I mean, I think that's always kind of fun as with a new company that yourself and talk about kind of like some of your co-founders or some of the early team members. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that so. My co-founder is Brent Risley. He is actually uh, a guy that I've worked with and known, which is, has helped. I think when you're starting a business, which is very you know high intensity and very stressful to be working with a friend. So Brent and I have known each other for five to six years, originally on one of my government programs. So I built up the Einstein 3 Accelerated Program for CenturyLink on behalf of DHS, which supports you know, 2 million end users. It's a pretty intense system. So Brent and I met during that time when I was building up that team. So we actually built that team from you know two of us up to a 100-person team doing classified business. And Brent, I brought him on because he started a services company that was some of the top threat analysts that were out there. So, you know, Brent and I have known each other and been comfortable working together. And we saw some of these, his very direct operational background in security starting up at the U.S. He's one of the original guys that started up U.S. CERT back in the day with the Meet Your Ann. He's over at Tenable now. So he's seen this security pain and he's lived it. And so I think from his operational background and sort of my more business side and, you know, the sales segment and building up teams and, and know what to do, we have a, we have a pretty good synergy together. Yeah. yeah. And how about, how about like the talent that you're looking for, kind of those people, the talent that you brought on? Yeah. And what's, what's that been like? So I think that... And you're, you're based where? Yeah. So we're in Alexandria, Virginia okay. at the corner of King and Union. Uh, that's where they uh, old town. So we're we're actually in one of the oldest buildings in all of Alexandria, right there on the river, uh, above the Starbucks. And so there's a, a real history to the building, and we really did not want to get lost in the mix of the world of cyber that we we know and love with you know thousands of companies with the name Cyber and Threat, the color red. So we really wanted to change it up. So you know everything from our colors and our color scheme to making security feel like more comfortable and, and less risk averse we've been trying to sort of implement from day one so yeah yeah awesome anything else you kind of want to cover before before we close no we're um we're just excited as a company to kind of take this next step forward and uh looking forward to closing our, our next a round in the end of q2 and launching the company more formally through a you know pr and, and launch and We've got some great customers under our belt now, and we've got some more, you know, right around the corner. But we're having fun, and we're, if we're not having fun, we'll, we wouldn't be doing this. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, in this space, right? Like, there needs so much energy and new solutions and stuff. I mean, because the threat is really big, and and it's nice to see. I mean, I'm from DC, so it's nice to see kind of like new companies jumping up in that space, particularly. Cool. Thanks. Great. Thank you.